Good evening and welcome to A Story at Midnight. The tale you're about to hear is called The Train Now Leaving. It was written by Graham Emmett and is narrated by Colette Parker. Do enjoy and sleep well. Standing on wet, cold, central London platform on a grey summer's day, sky devoid of any colour, didn't improve the situation or the mood I was in. I'd much prefer to have stayed in town. Now I'm waiting for train to Kings Lynn. Later, stepping off the train for Hunstanton, I walk past open carriage doors. Passengers now departed except one, staring out of the window, wearing a blue trilby hat. Locals would stare at him, or so I thought. A black man in coastal town. Why was he on the train? Striding down the platform to greet me, the station master. We met at the first carriage behind the engine. Whistling rain hissed and crackled as it struck the hot boiler, evaporating instantly as steam and smoke rose from the stationary train. I didn't hear clearly what he said. It was last as the driver and engineer scraped their shovels across the footplate, shoveling coal into the firebox for the return journey. Tall man, six foot four. Mid-forties, eyes of sapphire blue under his railway uniform cap. Salt and pepper hair escaping in an untidy fashion over the top of his ears. He held out his left hand to shake, or lefty. I reciprocated. His large, calloused hand gripped my delicate one, nearly crushing it. I winced. He released it. He'd not spent all his working life in an office. Alcohol on his breath and stale tobacco smoke on his jacket assailed my senses as he leant forward. I stepped back. He offered me umbrella. I accepted. Hello? You must be Miss Abraham. Welcome to Wolverton Station. I recognised you straight away from your picture on the beauty contest poster. He pointed to the poster on the notice board on the way to my wall. I trust you had a good journey. You can return the brolly later in the week. Henry, our porter, will take your luggage to the hotel behind us. I hope you'll be comfortable there for your stay this week. Now come into my office out of the rain. I have a package for you. It's arrived yesterday. I've always liked the British Norfolk accent, but something didn't ring true. He didn't sound like a local to me. Following him into his small, dimly lit office, Sir Parcel sat on the desk, wrapped in brown paper, tied with string, a large box and heavy. I hope you find all that you need in the box. Good luck in the contest. 
Endley appeared at the end of the platform, wheeling sack barrel. Its solid iron wheels trundled noisily up the platform to where I stood, my red Versace case by my side. Endry, unaware of its value, dragged it, then balanced the package on top of the case before turning around to take them off to the hotel behind the buffets at the end of the line. Turning to thank the station master through the open door, I saw him taking a hip flask from his inside jacket pocket with his right hand. It was shaking as he raised it to his lips. That explains the handshake. I said nothing and walked to the exit. The ground floor at the front was library, not hotel reception. Helpful librarian sent me to the hall in the world bar in the casino ballroom at the rear to get my room key. Walking into the bar, the first thing I noticed was the number of American USAF servicemen. I hadn't expected that. I thought they would all have been on the base. The sound of my six-inch red stiletto heels clicking on the hard, shiny floor turned heads. Their attention joined to the way I was dressed. I wiggled my hips in seductive Hollywood movie star way as I walked up to the bar. The figure-hugging, low-cut, red polka-dot dress leaving nothing to the imagination. Platinum blonde broad, they would say, with a Geordie accent. In truth, as you know, the accent was fake, as was the hair, a wig, but they weren't to know that. The barman didn't question why a civilian was asking for a key. Probably thought I was an officer's wife out for the weekend. Ping went the string as I cut it with a pair of pearl-handled manicure scissors. Removing the brown paper, I opened the box. Microphones, transmitters, radio receiver, wire, tools, cell tape, tape recorder. All I had to do was plant the microphones in the rooms of the unsuspecting servicemen I would sleep with, posing as a beauty contest at the Sea View Holiday Camp. I wouldn't be short of one night stands. I'd marked likely suckers when I'd entered the bar. Erasmus stepped onto the platform. He shivered in the light rain and breeze, blowing down the platform, so different from his home in Jamaica. He carried a battered suitcase in his left hand and a musical instrument case in the other. Stopping at the open door, he asked, Hey, mister, can you direct me to the Sea View holiday camp? The station master looked up, an unfamiliar voice and winked. Out of the station, 
Turn left half a mile down the road on the seafront. If you're looking for work, you'd be better asking at the casino ballroom and the hotel. On second thoughts, it's full of yanks from the south. Maybe better to avoid, sir. Thank you, mister. I'm booked for the beauty contest and wanted somewhere cheap to stay. Can you recommend somewhere? You should be all right. They have caravans on site for the entertainers. With that, he left. The station master took another swig from the hip flask. Best of luck, boy, he said underneath his breath, barely disguising his southern drawl. I need the bath after that train journey and the wig is making my scalp itch. I can't wait to get it off. Sitting on the side of the bath, Louisa, Miss Abraham, moaned. When are the English going to get their plumbing fixed? Pipes creaked, banged and gurgled before any hot water splattered out of the tap, eventually filling the bath. I climbed in and relaxed. Oh, that felt so good, washing away the dirt and some smut from the train journey. My stomach rumbled. I'd not eaten since breakfast. Changing into some casual clothes. Flat shoes, a lightweight jacket and dark glasses. No one would recognize me as a contestant as I exited the hotel into a warm Sunday afternoon. Now, let's see what culinary delights this town has to offer. Not much, I expect. Resigned to this, I walked along the seafront. Everyone seemed to be eating fries and something battered out of paper bags wrapped in old newspapers. Asking where I could get some couple directed me to Chippy in Side Street. Returning to bench on the promenade, I started to eat. It was surprisingly good. Mind if I join you, miss? Is the only space left? Erasmus asked, holding his fish and chips. You're a long way from home. What brings you here? I recognised him. He'd been the last person on the train. He didn't recognise me in casual clothes, natural short auburn hair and dark glasses. Big ship from Jamaica, then train, miss. No, I mean, why are you here? I play trumpet, it's a beauty contest, miss. Over the next five nights, I planted some microphones as the suckers I'd picked up slept. I spiked their drinks. The next time I saw them, they would reveal their secret missions. It would be recorded. I had a way of teasing it out of them. I'm now sitting in a small room facing Erasmus and another man across table being questioned about my activities in England, looking at an uncertain future. 
long time in prison or used bargaining chip in exchange. One of theirs for one of ours. At Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin. Two days later, they offer me another option. Work for them and become double agent. That way I keep my freedom. I consider this. Since living in the West, I have seen the Communist Party in new light and all its failings. No freedom of speech and towing the party line. I made the mistake of sleeping with Erasmus after the beauty contest. That I won. He found the tape recorder while I slept. Tables turned. He was undercover CIA agent, as was the station master. Men in suits were waiting to accompany me when I boarded the return train for London the next day. For my protection. And so I couldn't escape. But now I work for MI6 and the KGB. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, Story at Midnight was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntingdon, Cambridgeshire.